Uh, I, in my personal experience, and I have uh, covered this in ample detail in my talks and articles, uh, I find Devdutt's writings to be very shallow. They have a very superficial understanding of Hindu scriptures, of Hindu works and Hindu traditions, and a lot of uh, uh, distortions. Uh, so, uh, Shubhadi begins with what Devdutt talks about uh, when he discusses Dharma. I am pleased to offer my views on the chapter on Devdat Patnayak in the uh, just being released book, Ten Heads of Ravana. Uh, this chapter has been read by, Sh uh, has been authored by Shubhodeep uh, Mukhopadhyay and uh, I must congratulate him for the thorough study he has done of Devdat Patnayak's uh, writings, uh, tweets, articles, books and uh, presented a Puru Paksha with the uh, uh, many references from uh, Indian and Western works to corroborate his uh, critique of uh, what he calls Devdattology. Uh, six years back, I had written an article uh, on the book My Gita by Devdatt Patnayak and the, and the title of the article was not just his Gita, it's Patnayak's own fantasy world. And the study of that fantasy world is probably Devdattology. So Deconstructing Devdattology, an apt title for this chapter. As Shubhati points out, Devdat Patnaik is immensely popular. He continues to be. He's authored over 50 books, many of which are bestsellers. And he's considered a modern-day authority on Hinduism. Uh, I, In my personal experience, and I've uh, covered this in ample detail in my talks and articles, uh, I find Devdat's writings to be very shallow. They have a very superficial understanding of Hindu scriptures, of Hindu works and Hindu traditions, and a lot of uh, uh, distortions. Uh, so, uh, Shubhati begins with what Devdath talks about uh, when he discusses Dharma. So, he contrasts the definitions of Dharma as given in the Mahabharata, which says, Dharanat Dharma Ityahu. So, Dharma is what sustains, sustains the society. And look at uh, Devdath's uh, definition of Dharma. So, what Devdath says is that uh, uh, Dharma has been uh, made out to be a complicated word. Uh, that way you can call anything dharma. Dharma is potential, the best of what anything or anyone can do, which is such a distorted definition of dharma. And uh, uh, what uh, Shubhadeep, what I particularly liked about Shubhadeep's uh, critique is uh, uh, somebody who, who's, what about somebody like a terrorist who's realizing his full potential? Will you call it dharma? Of course not. So, uh, such a definition of dharma is just a figment of uh, uh, Devdutt's uh, imagination. Uh, he's, as Shubhadeep rightly mentions, potential is not a standard definition, is not found in any of the major Sanskrit dictionaries. No Sanskrit dictionary uh, gives potential as a meaning of dharma. And uh, uh, things like these, for, for example, Patnayak says, neither violence nor non-violence is dharma. Dharma is a thought not an action. Uh, again, as Shubhadeep rightly mentions, uh, <clears throat> only violence in specific circumstances, for example, uh, when uh, Krishna exhorted Arjuna to fight the Kurukshetra war for the sake of dharma, only that is dharma. Otherwise, it is ahimsa paramo dharma, as the Mahabharata puts it. Ahimsa, non-violence is a supreme dharma. To ignore this nuance and dumb it down to saying things like, Neither violence nor non-violence is dharma, uh, is very typical of Devdat Patnayak. Uh, there are things which need to be simplified, but simplification is not dumbing down. And what Devdat Patnayak does is to dumb down things for 
his uh, audience his gallery which is uh, the uh, as shubhadeep uh, rightly uh, mentions on page 118 the english speaking urban hindu elites who have a superficial knowledge of hindu darshanas and sampradayas that's the target audience uh, that devdath has and unfortunately this is a growing audience and uh, it is our duty to reach out to them with uh, critiques like these with purva paksha analysis like these in english uh shubhadi further mentions um things like uh patnayak uh, agrees with the view that lord rama's obsession with rules dehumanized him uh and uh, look at the the kind of language that devdath uses that ram always follows the rule makes him dependable you know what to expect from him. that's a good quality too it also means that around him there'll be sita so will suffer uh is such a perfunctory reading such a shallow reading of our text uh, all nuance gone in his hrd driven approach as shubhadeep mentions uh further down in the chapter shubhadeep uh, talks about uh, pramanas and he mentions uh, uh what devdath calls myth and uh, an important thing that shubhadeep brings out is that uh we never talk about christian myths we never talk about and and i can add from my experience we never talk about muslim myths for example uh splitting of the moon or uh, muhammad's journey on a winged steed uh they are not n- never talked about in terms of uh, as islamic myths but it's always hindu myths if you look at buddhism even buddhist texts have supernatural feats for example the ambatta suttam in the tipitak mentions Uh, that buddha had 32 marks of a realized person fully realized person uh, and two of them he displayed to ambatta one of them i can't talk about right now uh, uh, it has to be read the other one is that buddha had such a long tongue that uh, he showed that mark to ambatta by stretching out his tongue touching both the ears uh, both the nostrils and then covering his forehead so uh, such supernatural feats and we find a lot of them in uh, the buddhist lore in the tipitak in the mahayana tradition uh, but they are never talked about as buddhist myths uh, the narrative is that buddhist uh, buddhism is a rational religion and hinduism is a religion full of myths and uh, that narrative uh, is also furthered by uh, devdath patnayak and other similar writers so uh, Uh, as shubhadeep says patnaik does not see the continuity between the past and present when it comes to hin- analyzing hinduism solely through the lens of uh, mythology uh, then uh, on nationhood so f- devdath patnaik says that ideas such as nation state are secular myths uh nation states are secular myths i'm not sure how many of uh, our uh, uh, our own countrymen would agree with it uh india or bharat has been a civilizational state for a long time and it has been uh, it has been recognized as a geographical state also when megasthenes wrote indica he was referring to a geographical entity uh, as a civilizational state so uh uh they've the right things like when somebody imagines one idea of india they're really not scientific they are poets with a control freak trait uh, and uh, uh, shubhadeep then critiques this that when uh, darius the first talked about india or when megasthenes talked about india in his indica uh, they were referring to a civilizational state uh, 
another another gem from dev that indian culture is like a masala box uh, this is the kind of dumbing down that dev that patnaik is very good at uh, something as profound as deep as ancient as indian culture as serious a topic has been compared to a masala box uh, because probably that's what dev that can think about it's it's a masala box it's it's uh, for people who who want to watch masala movies who want to reach masala books who want to reach read masala uh philosophy uh, this is uh, the perfect uh, masala author indian culture is like a masala box um and then he says indigenous challenges such as rise of buddhism so uh, i don't know where this confusion comes from that buddhism was an indigenous challenge no buddhism was as much arya as it could be in fact the buddha himself said his his way is the arya magga or the arya marga he said that uh, um, uh in fact one of the meanings of the word arya is a buddhist uh, as per standard dictionaries so uh, the the concept of arya magga or arya dhamma the arya dharma or the arya marga is, is very much present in buddhism uh, pali uh, or ardhamagadhi or ardhamagadhi of the jainas or magadhi of the uh, buddha which is often referred to as pali are languages which are very similar to sanskrit there uh, somebody who knows sanskrit can easily understand pali and uh, magadhi and ardhamagadhi these are very similar languages the concept of arya is very much present in buddhism so why is it an indigenous challenge to uh, the dominant aryans why is it presented like that in fact uh, buddhism uh, has the same in in fact even uh, even the even untouchability untouchability is accepted by buddhism we have a uh, buddhist suttas talking about hinakulas uh, the low families or the low clans for example the chandalas the venukaras the rathakaras the pulkasas so uh, in when it comes to uh, caste there have been scholarly studies which say that both both from um, india and abroad which state with proofs that the buddha did not denounce caste as we believe today as a lot of people believe today in fact he accepted uh, the uh, caste is not the right word to use but he accepted the varna or the kula uh, vyavastha uh, he in fact proposed an alternative interpretation where he placed the kshatriyas above the brahmins uh, and uh, there were some hinakulas or hinajatis who were considered inferior even in the writings of buddha even in the tipitaka even in the mahayana works so uh, uh, all these things are known in the scholarly world unfortunately we have a lot of uh, uh, shallow readings and misunderstandings prevalent uh, in popular culture and devdat patnaik is one example uh, further shubhadeep brings about uh, uh the brahmin phobia or brahmin misya of devdat patnaik where he blames brahmins for making the system rigid and in in patnaik's works uh, the brahmins dehumanized people denied them human dignity and access to common resources like water and education so uh, all the blame of on the caste system or so called uh, caste system because caste is not the exact translation of varna or jati uh, but uh, all the ills of the caste Uh, hierarchy or the varna hierarchy or jati hierarchy and uh, the uh, discrimination are blamed on, are are put on all the blame is put on brahmins whereas 
many scholarly writers writings have pointed out that this was a social construct this was a construct present even in the harappan civilization and uh, even in buddhism uh, so uh, to to blame just just brahmins for uh, the jati or varna vyavastha is uh, is a very shallow and narrow minded view in fact uh, an agenda driven view if, if i would uh to put it uh, mildly now <clears throat> uh passport to distort is an interesting section where shubhadi points out the distortions of devdatt patnayak uh, another thing is where he confounds hindutva hinduism and advaita for example uh, as shubhadi mentioned on page 137 at one place devdatt mentions that advaita vedanta is the de facto philosophy followed by hindutva and then he says that advaita vedanta is the foundation of hinduism that's a relatively new idea with thinkers like dayan and saraswati so at one point he equates um, at one place he equates advaita vedanta with hindutva at one point he equates advaita vedanta with hinduism as a relatively new thought uh, mentions dayan and saraswati who does not subscribe to advaita by the way and uh, and then he says that hinduism is not hindutva but both are advaita vedanta so all this is immense confusion as shubhadi brightly mentions advaita is one of the many streams thriving in the hindu ecosystem and non dualism is seen in numerous sampradayas including different post shankara vedanta schools such as kashmir shaivism and many tantric schools uh, so all this nuance is gone and uh, we have a masala mix uh, of uh, devdattology served to you uh, so uh, shubhadi then uh, uh, mentions uh, things like kadru and vinata so reading uh, uh, reading conflict in kadru and vinata that's uh, i think devdas reads a lot in many things uh, so all that is pointed out effectively i'm i'm impressed with the number of references that uh, shobhati has cited it's a, it's a well written chapter uh, and uh, the core texts of for for example uh i i mean cite, i've been cited and when i've said that when devdatt patnaik talks about the gita he has he has trivialized the core text uh, one of the core texts of hindu philosophy to a deficient caricature uh, i wrote this 6 years ago i stand by it even today uh, every word of it and uh, uh, shubhadeep cites it at the end of his chapter so uh there are more things which i can talk about but unfortunately we have a time limit so i've been asked to wrap this up in 10 to 15 minutes so we will conclude with the uh, uh with the pitfalls of blindly believing devdatt patnaik and that's what uh, this chapter brings up successfully i wish this book all the success and good read and wide readership that it deserves uh this chapter chapter number 4 devdatt patnaik deconstructing devdattology by shubhadeep mukhopadhyay i've read it uh, end to end uh, from uh, the beginning to the last word uh, gone through the references it's a well written chapter and i hope uh this gets the wide audience it deserves with that i conclude my address namo